0: Welcome to the Board Game Doctors. In this episode, it's my monthly wrap up for August 2022. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Board Game Doctors. My name is Phil, and I'll be your Board Game Doctor today. And let's wrap up the month of August 2022 with all the logged plays. Uh, this is coming out just before September hits. I have a busy, pretty busy schedule. Uh, coming up next month, and so uh, I'm going to get this out while I still can. So maybe, you know, there might be one or two more games that I might have finished uh, by the time this goes up. But nevertheless, I still got through 79 plays of games this month, and um, I want to hit the highlights. Um, As you might know, I do uh, like to talk about my individual plays of Rosenberg games, Uwe Rosenberg. Uh, on my other segments on the show, um, this is a if you're listening to it the first time for the first time, this is a bi-monthly show where I talk about all sorts of games at the beginning of the month in a monthly wrap-up style, while I uh, go into more depth <laughs> with my plays, my strategy thoughts, and and news and whatnot for Uwe Rosenberg games of which I uh, am particularly drawn to. So I will save those plays. For that episode when it comes out later this uh, next month in September. And in the meantime, I'm going to talk about the rest of the games that I've played. So let's start at the bottom. So let's go ahead and start. Uh, I got a few plays in, well, one play in of Wingspan, which is one of my favorite games. I'll save a full review of that once I hit 50 plays, which will be easier now. Not only is it a, an app, but it's also uh, in development on VGA, Board Game Arena. It's an alpha right now. It's looking really good, playing really well. I'm really excited for that. Uh, Next, Underwater Cities, is uh, a game that I do want to dive a little bit deeper into as well. I got one more play in after quite a few months in between my last play, and it's still a fantastic game. So over on Tabletop Simulator, I got a play in of Trailblazers. This is the... Newest game by Ryan Courtney, the designer of games such as Pipeline, Curious Cargo, I believe, and uh, some other games like that. Where you know, it. I feel like the kind of games he designs are um, very spatial, puzzly, heavy, intermixed with a lot of euro, uh, like worker placement or economics and, and what have you. I'm super interested in trying some of those games out. I have not had the opportunity to do so. So when I saw the news that this game, Trailblazers, was coming out, which was basically, a, I guess, a simplified version of the spatial puzzle that he typically uses in his games, where you're putting together routes in a style that is very similar to Suro. if you've ever played that that old game, where you're building routes, um, and with these cards, not only can they go next to each other adjacently, but you can also place them on top of one another, to reroute the routes on top of them to fulfill your goals, which is what you do in Trailblazers. The catch of this game is that uh, you have certain tiles that you start your trails from, such as your hiking trail, your biking trail, and your kayaking trail. And you're basically just trying to finish loops. Uh, You get, you know, depending on objectives, you can get uh, more points if you score longer routes uh, or more routes. Uh, that are or loops that are completed um, based off of the uh, cards that you choose to play and to do that you do pass your cards along to draft um well so you draft a few cards in your hand then you pass some to your neighbor and so very quick very easy gameplay and rules it was pretty easy to learn i played a solo version of it Uh, it's called the epic solo if you can see that on tabletop simulator um, some of the this game is being kickstarted as of now, or I believe it's still going on. Um, but you have expansions available in this game, such as uh, the animals expansion. I don't know the official names, but you have the ability to like play animals onto your cards, and if you do so, you can't place other cards to fix the roots on top of them. But you do get points at the end of the game if you do so. And there's another expansion that I don't know much about since I wasn't able to play it, the tabletop simulator version only had the animals expansion on it. So I liked the game. It was really fun, really quick to have a a fun little spatial puzzle to play around with. And it kind of scratched the same itch that I get with polyomino games, such as patchwork and, and other games like that, where, you know, if you have a, 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 you know, a quick, you know, not a lot of time, and you want to play something quick, that still provides a little bit of a decision space to mess around in. Uh this game offers that as well. Would I back this game? I'm not sure. Uh it is pretty expensive and I understand why. Uh, this game is pitched uh in a in a sense that you can play this game up to eight players if you buy two decks. Um you know two of the same uh decks that usually would play one to four players. And the material that is used for these cards, while very interesting and and awesome, you know, there's a video on the Kickstarter page where I believe they, you know, these cards are bendable and flexible. You can dip them in water and they are, you know, they're still fine. So there's, I guess, some sort of plastic to these cards. Um, I think because of that and and because of the uh, the pitch to sell this game basically twice to the same person, so you can play with a lot of players and to play this like outside as you are camping and trailblazing yourself Uh, the pricing is a little too rich for my blood for this weight of game um i think this i i might feel differently if i did get to try this as a multiplayer game and i know i would have a good experience with it but um unfortunately i i do think the price is a little high for me um and that is specific to me because my income isn't as uh, disposable as maybe some others. And so I I think I rated this at uh, 7 out of 10. I would love to play this game some more, especially multiplayer. But um, it's it's not an automatic buy for me. So next, uh, some other single plays that I got in this month. Uh, just a few games that I want to quickly gloss over. I, I played Tobago or Tobago. Uh, this is a game that I played a long time ago with some friends and thought it was interesting. You're, you're trying to... This is on Board Game Arena as well. But um, the first time I played it was in person where you're trying to um, collectively as a group uh, play clue cards to the board which tell you where on this island treasure is. And so you yourself... It, it's not um, deduced for you at the beginning of the game. Like It's not like clue where you're just trying to find out what's in the envelope. Uh, that was placed at the beginning of the game, but as the game progresses and evolves, you can play cards that will benefit you to saying that, yes, the the treasure is in a certain spot, and I think that element is pretty cool. Um, it, it was kind of hard to play on Board Game Arena, just because, one, it had been a long time since I played, and I was a little iffy about the rules, but uh, it, it did seem a little uh, rough around the edges. I think this is one of the the earlier games that was put on the system and so you know have it at you will i it i think it's still a fun game that is worth the experience uh at least once i played another game for the first time called seikatsu which is an abstract game that looks gorgeous it's it's on board game arena as well where you're playing these hexagonal um, tiles onto an abstracted grid uh, these tiles have flowers and birds, and depending on where you place these birds, if they're adjacent to similarly colored birds, uh, you get points. And then if you are able to like line up flowers, you get points as well. And So this is a very fun and straightforward abstract game. There are others that I would rather play, but it was still a fun time. I got a game of Point Saladin with Jacob. I think we talked about this in the last episode. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I think we had a good, good time. Um, really, I think I really focused heavy on, like, lettuce and tomatoes and, and got some some lucky draws to get some uh, scoring cards there for those vegetables. And so that was a fun romp. And I played another game of Nidavellir. Uh, Nidavellir is a very popular, popular game. I have a friend who plays this a lot. Um, he's got a lot of games going and is pretty highly ranked, and so it was fun to um, not only remember the enjoyment that I had with this game casually with some friends, but to to pick his brain about what is a good strategy in, in this game. I think uh, I'm definitely going to add this to my dedicated pile to getting, you know, at least 10 plays to, and and, and might I might dedicate some more time to this game, because while it's fairly straightforward and easy to learn, there is a lot of interaction with the bidding mechanism that you have you're you're basically bidding for certain uh, cards of different colors that will as you collect sets of these different cards which are like dwarven warriors you score you know certain amount of points differently you can go heavy into one color you can spread them out evenly and if you do so you can get heroes which are basically upgraded uh, dwarves of these certain colors there's there's more than meets the eye to this game, and I, I can't wait to dive a little bit deeper and 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 discover some of these new strategies in this game. So I got a play in of Sun, Sun, Sunshine City. This is a kickstarted game. The Kickstarter has already passed for a roll and write game where you take dice, you roll them. You move workers around this rondelle, which is your basically your city board, um, and you are constantly gaining resources by, uh, you know, circling out, um, uh, you know, based on on the income that you have of certain resources, spending them to build up your buildings in each of these, uh, space, you know, these grids on your rondelle, and thus uh, uh, gaining you extra points as well as activating certain effects that are individual and asymmetric based on each space and so in and of itself the the board is um, quite complex if you consider your normal roll and write and there is a little bit of crunch to the decisions decisions you make based on off of the dice rolls that you have but the the twist that this uh publisher in this game has is that if you had spent like i think 20 bucks to fully back the project, not only would you get certain you know, unlockable maps that they had available with certain powers, but you'd also unlock a generator app that they are developing where you can um, create a unique map every time using some of these uh, individual you know, Rondell space buildings and, 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 and spaces to put together a new map and have a new challenge to solve. This really appealed to me. I did back this at the standard level, so I only paid like five bucks for it. It wasn't too much of a hit, and I think it was worth the money. Um, you know, it, it's easy to uh, at least try these roll and rights. Uh, not only was it for you know you could try it for free on tabletop simulator, but uh, I think I can get this to the table and and play it a few times with my friends and family. Um, and so if I can do that for five bucks, uh, you know that's easy for me easy for me to do. And I really appreciated the, uh, the easy buy-in to try this game. Uh, the game itself was, was fun. You know, I I think it might've taken a little bit longer than I would have liked to play it solo, which I believe there are multiple different variations of the solo game that you can play with. So, so there's lots of variability to this game, which can lead to replayability. Uh, but for the, you know, I I feel like there's always a limit to the decision space that you have with Roland Wright's, one, because of the, uh, you know, inherent simplicity that Roll and Wrights offer with a low uh, rules, you know, complexity and, and easy teach, but also because of the randomness that just comes from the dice. It's not a worker placement game where you have to forge out on your own to develop a strategy, you know, two or three turns ahead of the game, but you're always reacting to the dice rolls that you get. And while those those decisions still offer you know, a lot of um, complexity at the time and, and, and give you an opportunity to feel clever as you're solving this puzzle, it's more of a, a puzzle thrust upon you rather than you exploring the game yourself and coming up with a strategy all on your own. And so that's, you know, I, I still think it's a lot of fun. I probably did rate this a 7 out of 10 as well. And look forward to additional plays. Uh, very similar to my feelings with, with Trailblazers, it's it's still a fun game to pull out, and it's easy to pull out with friends and family. But um, for the games that I particularly really enjoy, which are you know heavy economic games that require a lot of skill to play, um, the the inherent dice roll and and simplicity of a roll and write does not quite uh, reach it. I. I still need to finish and play a game of Hadrian's Wall. And there are other Roll and Rights that I feel do offer a lot of complexity. But I haven't gotten there yet. (laughs) The games that I have played so far that are Roll and Right have been just breezy games that are just easy to pull out and have fun with, which serves a fantastic purpose. I think that's what board games do, and it brings people together. And uh, yeah, and so I think with multiple plays, if I... Felt like I could uh, play this a little bit faster. I did. I feel like I played my my solo game in about forty five minutes to an hour, while kind of learning throughout the the process. And so maybe I spent a little bit too much time, and maybe a repeat play would cut down that time even further, uh, which would be good. I, I feel like to me a good roll and write would typically spend about you know if it you know offers a lot of good decisions maybe thirty minutes max. Uh, is is what I would offer for that, and so I'm excited to to try this again. I do want to now that I believe it has at least the first part, and you know some of the first maps uh, have been shipped out uh, digitally, <laughs> so you can print and play. Uh, I do want to try this with with uh, some friends and and see how it goes. Uh, very similar to Rolling Realms, you know, it's just it was just a fun time. You know, I, I really liked rolling realms and that's kind of my standard for roll, for rolling rights these days is, is rolling realms. And I think sunshine, sunshine, sunshine city has a chance to, um, uh, match the uh, enjoyment that I got from rolling realms. So moving on a few other, uh, games that I played a single bout with, uh, memoir 44 is an awesome game. That's on board game arena and beta um just a you know quick little war game a great teaser into that genre that I still have to crack you know at some point in my board gaming career uh, El grande I played that with Jacob. Uh, <laughs> I got smoked in that game I still need to play that a few more times and, and wrap my head around that one that that classic get on board New York and London um I I didn't really like this game. I, I, I like the simplicity of this game. I like the opportunity that it has to be more interactive on a central board where you are, you know, so this is another roll and write where you, um, you flip over a card. It tells you which routes you can take and, and build your bus route on a central board, which is either New York or London. And while you're doing so, you're picking up passengers and delivering them to certain spots to and depending on the passenger type and what have you you get certain you know points amount of points in different ways um if you do like cross over someone else's line or backtrack or go through a const- you know a traffic zone you lose points and so there is a lot of um i guess uh you know tough decisions to make it's very similar to uh, welcome to however um one you know instead of Comparing it to Welcome to, you do have, you know, multiple cards, you know, three cards to choose from, and to write down onto your board. And in this game, you only flip over one card, and it, uh, you do get to have some options on where to, you know, move your route. But it feels a little bit more limited, and uh, the board itself is a little busy for me. It was, it was. This was also on Board Game Arena. It was hard for me to really uh, navigate and 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 see where. I should go in the first place. And so I do need to probably play this again and, and get the opinion of some others. Uh, I could easily play this with, with some friends I know because it's a very approachable game, but, uh, it, it didn't, it didn't stick with me as much as some of the other Roland rights that I played earlier this month. Now on the flip side, I also got a play in of Messina 1347. Now this game, I, this is, I think my third play of it, uh, Vladimir Suchi, uh I've you know I played one of his games earlier, underwater cities, or mentioned it earlier. and Messina speaks to me because it reminds me of Yokohama. Um, you've got the similar a similar fashion of moving around the board in a quote unquote "worker placement where you are moving your uh, citizens or workers on this modular board that is shared among everyone and moving them to certain spots to take certain actions. There are a lot, and similar to Yokohama, there are a lot of different nuances and different little ways to score points. You know, you could focus on, you know, uh, saving people uh, from the <laughs> the plague, basically, and uh, you know, putting them in certain workhouses on your estate to you know build an engine and and gain points that way. You can just focus fighting you know the plague and getting you know popularity points in that regard. Um, you can really focus heavily on uh, the individual uh, objectives that you have, and and trying to score a lot of like you know if you have a lot of workhouses or quarantine houses, uh, you can score a lot if you focus on building that up and and scoring that objective, or or repopulating Messina. i I'm, I'm sure strategic wise, doing a little bit of everything is probably of your benefit, but maybe not everything everything. But there are just enough, you know, nuances in this game where you can kind of focus on two or three things, I think, and still be competitive, which feels satisfying to me. Uh, I don't know about the longevity of the game. I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and, and, and people on YouTube talking about this game, and it might be one of those games where it's really fun for a little bit. But then once you've seen everything and kind of get a gist of how it plays, it may not have enough legs to feel like a really competitive game. But um, for me, you know, as a, as a physician, I'm drawn into the, into the theme of, of the plague and, you know, fighting off the plague. Infectious disease uh, is something that I, uh, you know, in my career have, have participated in and, and enjoyed. And so that, I mean, that drew me in the first place, plus, you know, the design team and the way it looks is really, it's really nice. And, and, it's relatively easy to learn, in my opinion, if you've played games like Yokohama and what have you. And so I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It got me excited again to to replay this game after a couple of months after not having played it. And so, yeah, I, I look forward to future plays of Messina 1347. Now, I got a play in of It's a Wonderful World. Now, this is in Alpha on Board Game Arena. And I know this is a very popular game, and so I was super excited to play it. I honestly did not know what kind of game it was until I started playing it. And it turns out it's a very similar game, you know, comparing it to Seven Wonders, where you're passing along cards and drafting them in a circular fashion. But in this game, uh, very similar to Wingspan as well, you um, are taking cards and you're going through a very set motion uh, through different resource colors and types Um, if you have the buildings built from these cards to produce those resources you gain them on that space Uh, you can gain some other types of resources like you know the little generals or you know if you if you play the game you know what i mean but um you move along the set path of resources so you can time things and build buildings so that you build a building it gives you resources on this particular action that you can use for the next set of resources to build another building and then get resources from that and so on and so forth until you build up to some high scoring cards that require a lot of resources which you've built the engine in you know in the first part of the game and the good thing about the cool thing about this game is that it plays so quick it's like four rounds long or four or five and that's all you need to feel like you've really built up an engine. And so how much it accomplishes in such a little amount of time is amazing. And the decisions are really cool too because you can not only you know set aside cards that you want to build up and, and save resources to build, <clears throat> so you can use them as a part of your engine, but you can also discard them for resources that they individually give you. And so you can scrap certain cards To build the other cards that you really want. And so it's got all the the trappings of a really competitive game. If you're playing with like two or three players. That drafting offers. So you really know what cards are coming at you. You can plan against your opponents as well. That interaction really speaks to me. But the game in and of itself. With the engine building and the timing aspect. Was really awesome. And so I really enjoyed this one. Do it I, I hope I can teach it to some of my friends that are a little bit more casual, but I do want to get some more plays in and this is inspiring me to uh, try it again on on board game arena and get another play in so really enjoyed it it's, it's it's probably going to be an eight out of 10 for me you know and with future plays it might get a little higher so it's a wonderful world um, I'll, I'll have to look forward to the sequel. it's a wonderful kingdom at some point in the future so next i've got Catan <laughs> on the list i i played it in person with friends the last time i played Catan was 10 years ago almost to the dot and <clears throat> i really love the simplicity of this game how straightforward it is and yet how interactive the board is it's it can be mean um i like the trading um you know it's it's got a lot of old-fashioned, I suppose, old-fashioned mechanisms and rules that you don't see a lot of today, you know, in in board games today, whereas a lot of players, you know, they or a lot of board games offer a safe space where you can build your own puzzle in a solitaire fashion and, um, you know, compare your um, puzzles at the end of the game with soft interactions throughout the game. And, and that is fun. I, I really enjoy those games. But it was refreshing to kind of get back to that old, gritty, kind of cutthroat nature of, you know, finding a place and building there before someone else does. And uh, it, it, it feels pure. And I can see how people can get really into this game and and play it competitively because of that interaction. Uh, on a similar vein, I got another play of, of Barrage in as this is now on Board Game Arena fully uh, implemented. Barrage is another one of those games that offers a lot of interaction, where it, it takes worker placement and an interactive board where you're building uh, dams and you know powerhouses and, and conduits over one, you know, over one another uh, to try to catch the water as it falls down from the Alps into you know to into the rivers and dams before someone else does, and to so not only are are you interacting with others and trying to build you know higher and higher, uh, which will give you you know better uh, or more points and and more opportunities to to build even more on this board, but you have to do so by solving the worker placement puzzle too. It's really tight, it's really interactive, it's a really good game, and so I can't wait to play more Barrage. And that will definitely definitely be a high hitter for me and will serve as a uh, as a a deep dive on this podcast for sure. Uh, But yeah, so so two really amazing uh, interactive games here. One very old school and pure, the other one refined and and I feel like is a uh, somewhat of a successor to some of those old um, interactive Euro designs from from times past. To round off my single plays, I got another game of Baron Parkin with my family. Lots of fun, um, you know. Tile laying, very simple and straightforward to do. Um, yeah, it's it's a fun game. Not uh, not too deep, but you know, just a good time. I think I'd rather play Patchwork. Um, Cat Lady uh, is another fun game uh, that's very similar to Sushi Go, in my opinion. With uh, instead of card drafting, you do have a three-by-three three grid that you're drafting from where you pick up you know, a col- ra- column or a row. Very similar to another game that I have started to learn how to play, which is Meadow, which I do need to uh, finish up. But yeah, Cat Lady was, was a good time. I think I'd prefer the drafting mechanism of Sushi Go, but this one is great as well. And and there is a lot of nuances nuance to this game with scoring that I do enjoy. And then finally, Clinic deluxe edition. Oh, um, before, uh, Gaia project, I have a, a continual game that I'm playing with, with friends and I get creamed at this game. It's really tough. Terra Mystica is really hard too. Um, I, I'm debating whether I need to, de- you know, dedicate more time to strategy because it's, I try to open some up, some, uh, strategy articles up on board game geek and they are intense uh, more so than any other game that I've really seen, including, you know, games like Agricola. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I think the juice is worth the squeeze, but it's a pretty big lemon that I have to wrap my my hands around. So we'll see. And then and Clinic Deluxe. Uh, this is the first time I played Clinic. I really enjoyed it. I, you know, this is my type of game. It's very, it's very tight. Um, it's very economic. Uh, it has a theme that I'm very familiar with as a physician, and I played this on the you know around the time that I played Royal Hospital. Um, so, yeah, just to com- you know help myself compare. Uh, I think I prefer Clinic at this moment. I know Roy- Royal Hospital is going through some changes, and I can't wait to see what those are. Clinic does take a lot more to to understand, uh, and it does play as a more of you're more of a hospital administrator. Uh, kind of setting up a a really interesting spatial, you know, multi level hospital, um, and so not only does where you place your, uh, um, you know, modules or, or you know certain stations that these doctors and nurses and orderlies are working in, but it also you know based on how much time it takes to, uh, like, for every space that your patient walks or your doctor walks through your building, it takes up time, and so. You're trying to be efficient with structuring your hospital. You're trying to be efficient with the money that you, you know, earn and spend. Um, There's a lot of realistic ties, and I I do feel like there is a little bit of tongue-in-cheek in in this game as well, which um, (laughs) I think is really fun and interesting. Um, And I do understand a lot of what is being portrayed um, in this game by the theme but but mechanically this game is a lot of fun too. I think I, I wish this was on Board Game Arena because I'd love to see how people approach this puzzle of a game. Uh lots of fun, really good th- uh you know theme tie-ins and uh this is probably my standard game for me uh that it is medically themed that other games will have to be. Oh, and I forgot to mention Ark Nova. <laughs> so Arc Nova is uh, one of my favorite games for sure. It's it's a game that I will dedicate more time on. But um, did get a solo play of that in. Um, always a fun time playing solo. So regardless of what people say, I'm I'm in the camp of Ark Nova being, you know, where it is in the top ten of board game geeks games of all time. I do believe it it deserves a spot up there, even though it reached there. reached it pretty quickly. Um, It's a fantastic game. I can't say more. So those are all of my single plays. And so so now some of the games that I've played at least twice, and this is going to be my uh, heavy hitter. I'm going to start with Brass Lancashire. Uh, So I've officially played Brass 10 times now. So Brass is a game, uh, if you haven't heard, um, Brass Birmingham is kind of the successor. Some people call it a you know, a huge expansion to the base game. Um, It's number two on the Board Game Geek of all time, list of games of all time. Brass Lancashire was the original game. Back in, you know, the early, mid-2000s, where um, Martin Wallace, who is a legendary designer, even before Brass with Age of Steam and um, some of those games, he, I feel like, distilled a lot of good old-fashioned economic euro gameplay in this game where you are um, like a tycoon of industry taking a part of the uh, industrial revolution in england and the game plays in two phases in the canal phase you're building up you know different buildings such as your cotton mills and delivering those to ports to get and in- gain income you're also building ironworks and coal you have different resources that you know fluctuate and they have their certain economies, um, and so and you're doing so. You're building these based off of um, cards that you draw in the game. It's there's a set deck of cards that everyone is dealt. Uh, it can tell you where to build and what kinds or what kinds of buildings you can build. And the really cool interaction part of this game too is that you can, uh, let let's say you know you you build in a certain spot, you can. Use someone else's coal or iron to fulfill, you know, the needs of the buildings that you're building or you know, developing buildings to build um, better versions of these, you know, different uh, industries to gain more points and in income. You can take a loan in this game. You can take multiple loans, and that's always a very fun mechanism that I like toying around with. You and in the first part of this game, you're building canals, and if you build a canal, someone else can take advantage of that. And build in another region in England, in, in the Lancashire region, um, or the region surrounding Lancashire. And so, lots of interaction, lots of skill uh, that takes place in this game. Um, in, the, in the second half of the game, you know, the board is somewhat reset. All the canals are, are taken away, and you're building railways, which cost more but score you more points. Uh, you can overbuild your own buildings or other people's buildings. So you can score those types of buildings again. Lots of little you know rules and there's a lot to take in. And a- even after 10 plays, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this game, but it's such a high-level game, so much skill that needs to take place. And once you really know the game, then it's all about like knowing what cards you have, deducing what other card you know cards people may have, knowing the map really well and where to build. And how to manipulate that market in a in a way that you you know gain more income and victory points along the way, and so this game uh, you know is is legendary for its kind of simplicity and approach to you know as an economic game. It's not you know the the rules burden you know is is somewhat high, but expected for a game of this caliber. However, uh, you know comparing this games to Others that kind of fit in the same ilk, such as like Terra Mystica, is a game that has a really interactive main board. Barrage as well. Um, you know, some of these heavy hitters. <clears throat> I feel like Brass is a little bit more refined and pure, uh, as far as the mechanisms and the rules are concerned. So, I and one there was one article and another reason why I really enjoy this game as I'm reading the strategy. You know, one person distilled their success at this game after multiple, you know, many more plays than I've had where the strategy that you take in the first half of the game, which is to, you know, to summarize, you, you build as little, you know, as a, you know, a small amount of canals as, as possible. You don't, you don't want to build a, you know, a lot of canals. You want to take advantage of other people who are doing that because they don't score you as many points uh using certain cards you know you you either have the location card or the industry that you can build and kind of choose anywhere you want to use the um you know the location cards i think and then as you, you know, phase into the next part of the game you kind of switch that you know thought you want to build a lot of rails and start connecting cities you want to use the other type of card the you know the um industry card so you can have a lot more flexibility of where to build your buildings, your industries. Um, you've got the whole aspect of like the, the shipyard where you can build these big ships for a lot of points straight up, you know? And so there's a lot of different ways to, to score points. And I, I love that duality that also mirrors real life. You know, it I felt like, I think the best games take nature or, you know, humanity, things that are real, in you know in real life, and abstract them in a way that, you know, makes sense for a board game. Uh, you're not spending as much time, you know, cutting wood or, uh, you know, building an industry or something like that. It abstracts it to you know a two-hour game, but it does so so you don't miss out on the feeling, of what that might feel like in real life. You know, what would what would it be like to be a tycoon of industry, um, in the 17 1800s in 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 england at this time you know playing the market um you know strategize strategizing on where to build your industries and you know based off of where other people have already set up their their shops and things you know it's it it gives that same vibe at at least what i imagine that feeling like you know and and that's why i like agricola so much as well it offers the the tense um you know, substance, substance, or you know, farming uh, uh, that that someone might uh, take part in, you know, in the medieval ages or you know, the early eighteen hundreds um, or sixteen hundreds. It's it's like you know, farming is is hard, you know, to even today, but you can only imagine what it was like back then. And and the the game really gives you that same feeling. And as you progress and build up your farm and and create the miracle that is that is, you know, growing crops and animals, um, it's, it's just a, an incredible feeling once you've finally kind of figured things out as it would in real life, <laughs> I, I imagine. And so I love the feeling and the thematic tie-in that, that, that Brass gives. Um, I love the, the depth of, of play, the economics, the, the skill that it requires to take this game. Um, it hits all, you know, the check boxes for me. I've only played Brass Birmingham once and I might've talked about that last month, but it was, it was a really good play to, to really see the differences. Um, If it's anything like my experience with Terra Mystica versus Gaia Project, I like Gaia Project more because of the variability and the, um, you know, the differences in approach. I feel like Terra Mystica is a little bit too tight for me um, uh, and too punishing. I like punishing games, but there is a limit and I think I haven't, you know, I I think it's a little bit too much in Terra Mystica for me. In Brass, I feel like it it's not too punishing. You still have options, and but there's still wiggle room to say like, okay, I I know I can play this game better. Um, I know that I can you know approach this differently next time, so I am more successful. There is growth on the horizon for this game with strategy and everything, and so that that's what speaks to me. Um, brass is an amazing game. Highly recommend it. I played this on the app. There is an app on the uh, app store for uh, mobile you know, phones, uh, probably on desktop or Steam or something like, that, something like that as well. I know Brass Birmingham has a Steam app as well. I'm crossing my fingers that that gets released for mobile phones at some point. But uh, in the meantime, I will continue to really refine my technique with Brass Lancashire. And uh, yeah, I love this game. Um, it's it's going to rank highly for me and can't wait to play it some more. Okay, uh, to wrap up the, the segment, since it is going pretty long, uh, lots of games played. I, I do want to finish off on a few other games that I really enjoyed and some that I didn't, uh, that I got to play a few different times. Everdell I played twice. This is a classic game, and now that it, it is available uh, as a mobile app, I can't wait to dive a little bit more into this game. It gives me the similar vibes as Wingspan. So uh, really like that. I played Targi a couple of times. Uh, really tight two-player game. Uh, it's, you know, the puzzling of where to place your workers and, and and everything. I saw my score increase more and more as I played Targi. And, and therefore, it shows me that this is a solid game that does require a lot of plays to understand. Next Station London is a really good plane. Uh, roll and write. Uh, draw and write, I think, or roll flip and draw <laughs> where you know I, I would prefer this over like get on board um, just because I, I I don't know it's it's really simple, but it's 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 a really fun game to try to you know connect routes and really understand you know what might be coming up and, and therefore kind of there there is a little bit of strategy you know in this game that um, despite the randomness of what cards are drawn to tell you where to draw, and, you know, there's only one card that tells you where to draw too. Uh, but but sometimes you do get multiple routes, and so you have in, your your options blossom uh, during this game. And so uh, yeah, I I think that that might be a contender for like you know a roll and write that fits uh, up with uh, um, Welcome to for me. So I really enjoy that game. Played Llama a couple of times. This my wife really enjoys Llama, and uh, uh, while I don't, I find it very Uh, tedious and boring not a lot of decisions made Um, the bluffing aspect doesn't work for me um i was i still had a good time playing that uh with my my family uh burl bros is also another game it's very this was recently released on board game arena burl bros uh is as it gives me the same feelings as magic maze but turn-based rather than real time and I don't know, you know, I I did play it twice, once solo, once with others. You know, we weren't able to make it very far. Uh we're we're still kind of exploring the game. Um as as the the rules presented in Board Game Arena were still pretty vague. And, you know, maybe it's, you know, shame on us for trying to play this game without really fully understanding it, but it didn't quite hit the mark for me. It was probably a 6 out of 10. Um sure you know there's a cool little puzzle that you're trying to solve and try to you know getting get yourself and your teammates to different rooms and um you know you can try to you know produce you know different sounds or different um diversions to try to make sure that the guard you know doesn't pass through you it you know it seems like every time it, it passes through you you lose life and if you if someone loses enough like hit points then everyone dies but um yeah you know it's I felt like the variability wasn't really there. Um, you know, the map can change every time. The the tiles that you play on each floor, sure, they can change, but I don't know. It 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 felt samey. That being said, I haven't played any of the other scenarios and perhaps there are other tiles and other adventures that it offers, but I don't see this game, you know, going very far for me, unfortunately. But um but yeah, you know, a lot of people like this game and that's great. Uh, Played Azul two times, uh, Nova Luna. Oh, I'll save that for another podcast. Uh, You know, a couple of other um, (laughs) uh, Rosenberg games that got a lot of plays this last month, per usual. Uh, Seven Wonders Duel. I I got back into this one after not really playing it for a while and not really enjoying it. I played with the uh, Agora and Pantheon expansions, and that offers a lot of interesting decisions, and I'm enjoying it more. So I'm going to try to play this more, even though I'm not good at it. (laughs) I think the additions of the expansions do offer a wider decision space for Seven Wonders Duel. So I'm liking that more. I'm liking that more. Uh, Six Nymphs got four plays of that. Classic game, really fun. And then finally, Trek 12, Himalaya. Speaking of Six nymphed, um, that was such a hit for my family and family members. Uh, you know, we're well over 50 plays of Six Nimt. Trek 12, I think, has a similar vibe and a similar shot to making that uh, just a staple of a game. You know, we, uh, what you're doing is you're rolling dice and you're combining them in different summations. And, and, and mathematically, you're, you're adding, subtracting and what have you. Uh, Very similar to like can't stop, except, you know, using uh, addition or multiplication, things like that. You can only use them a certain amount of times, but the goal is as as you, you know, math out certain numbers that you can use on your turn, which is typically five, you are trying to chain numbers consecutively in a a line, in in, an order from like one, two, three, four, five, or grouping them in zones like three of a kind, four of a kind, um, on this map, you know. So there's a fun little puzzle on what numbers to choose, and I'm still, you know, learning about what is optimal. And and, and so you can play this game at a somewhat higher level, similar to Six Nymphed, which is not, uh, I think, visualized at first when you look at these games and see, oh, you know, these are just simple card games or roll and rights that, you know, don't have a lot of depth to them. Um, I think there is, and, and for for what it's offering, I, I think that amount of of depth is just great. You know, sometimes you want a large meal like brass Lancashire, but sometimes you want a snack that is just you know it's got enough crunch to it. And I think Trek Twelve does offer that. There are, are there are a lot of different maps available, uh, different challenges that you can try. I like that variability. Uh, I think it, it works in this game, and so and and you can play it really quick. <clears throat> you know so i i really liked it um got who how many plays eight eight plays of it already and so uh yeah this this might be the next big hit for my family um who enjoy some of these quick fun and rights and and card games and so yeah <clears throat> that's it who made it through another month um so unfortunately i wasn't able to do the segment like I usually do or want to do with Jacob. Um, I know he's busy uh, getting ready for Lord of the Rings, um, the Rings of Power, uh, the new show that's coming out out on Amazon. I'm super excited for that. That's neither here or there. Um, Perhaps maybe to tie that in, maybe we'll have, you know, that show going. And maybe we can, (laughs) if I get my hands on the War of the Ring card game, then uh, maybe we can uh, have a, a good Lord of the Rings chat at some point but uh, I do miss Jacob um, I think what we're gonna try to do is have a bonus episode come out here in the next few weeks uh, a top 10 list which we haven't done in a while and and kind of continue on from there but uh, other than that you know stay tuned for another Rosen blog um, I'm gonna deep dive into patchwork after 50 plays and it's it's gonna be fun and uh so yeah something to look forward to and uh can't wait to see what games uh that i've played and and will experience in the next month uh so yep excited for that thank you for listening um thank you for uh spending your time with me if you want to communicate with me i know you know i probably should like set up a you know a discord or something at some point so stay tuned for that you know i'll put some more thought into it and and, and get that there and going. But you know, in the meantime, you can check this game, this this podcast on BoardGameGeek. Um, I'll post it to my blog there. And feel free to comment and interact with me there. Love uh talking with people about games and really have enjoyed the uh the small comments and, and everything that um, you've dropped uh, you guys have dropped in the BoardGameGeek and so I appreciate that. Uh leave a review on whatever uh, station that you're listening to and and uh, appreciate any any feedback so thank you for spending time and listening um, hope you schedule an appointment with your board game doctor real soon and I hope you have a great day take care